0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On Air.
1: Hello, my name is David Pulteney. I am presbyter for the Dunedin Methodist Parish. We have three churches, Mornington on Galloway Street, Glenavon upon Chambers Street, and Mosgiel out on Gordon Road. We also have a close relationship with the Tomlin Methodists in St. Hilda. You can check out our website or see Mornington's YouTube channel, Mornington Methodist. I'd like to offer a special greeting today to those of you listening to us in hospital. Here are some words by Rabbi Sharma to focus as, and still us. A space surrounds each of our lives. We talk, love, work, play, go on journeys and come to rest. There are periods of noise. Will always the space and the silence return, and we come back to ourselves, finding again the wonderful aloneness of our lives, that we grow with our own bloom, with an individual fragrance, and lost amongst the places and the people we belong to. As we grow older, this space hinders more to be filled with something not ourselves and hundreds to be given, lovingly given. Our first hymn today is Praise My Soul, the King of Heaven. In our Gospel today, Jesus is challenged because he heals someone on the Sabbath. So we reflect on the Sabbath and what is it. And we reflect on religion. Does it serve us or we it? This is a short reading from Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel on the Sabbath. The meaning of the Sabbath is to celebrate time rather than space. Six days a week we live under the tyranny of things of space. On the Sabbath, we try to become attuned to holiness in time. It is a day on which we are all called upon to share in what is eternal in time, to turn from the results of creation to the mystery of creation, for the world of creation To the creation of the world. Our prayer of praise is a paraphrase of Psalm hundred and five. Is there anything more important than knowing we touch the very depths of joy? We come alive to the beauty of all creation. We feel a strength we had not known before. We become conscious of an expansive presence around us, and we want to sing and give thanks to God. We think of the risks and dangers of the past, but we survived them. We went through some dark and difficult times, but we are stronger. We did not know what the future would bring. Or what direction to take but we found a way we thought we were up against the impossible but we discovered the possible we have drawn on the source of all of strength and hope and that strength and hope have brought us to this moment we feel in the depths of our very being, a sense of our expanded identity and belonging. Inner joy swells within us, and we give thanks to God. If we knew how to make an adequate response, we would praise that God from now till our life's end. Amen. I invite you to say with me the Lord's Prayer Our Father in heaven, I'm going to read from a essay called Keeping Sabbath, revising, revising Christian Practice by Dorothy Bass. The practice of keeping Sabbath bears much wisdom for people seeking ways for the crises of these times and the stresses of contemporary life. The solution of mankind's most vexing problems will not be found in renouncing technical civilization but in attaining some degree of independence from it, writes Heschel. Sabbath-keeping teaches that independence. Refraining from work on a regular basis is a way of setting limits on behaviour that is perilous for both human welfare and the welfare of the earth itself. Overworked people need rest, and they need to be reminded that they do not cause the grain to grow and that their greatest fulfillment does not come from the acquisition of material things. Moreover, the planet needs a rest from human plucking and burning and buying and selling. Perhaps, as Sabbath-keepers, we will come to live and know these truths more fully and thus to bring their wisdom to the common solution of humanity's problem. A good Sabbath but also made a good society by balancing the claims of work and celebration, for workers and celebrants of all sorts. In prayers at the beginning and end of Shabbat, Jews thank God for the blessings of work. Not working on one day is tied to working on the other six. Sabbath affirms the value of work and interprets interprets it as an important dimension of human identity. Sabbath-keeping bears a longing that all human beings will have good work as well as a longing that no one will be required to toil without respite, rest, and worship. And so we pray. Turn us around, God, around into your way of thinking around into your way of loving turn us around god and confront us with jesus baptize our fears with your joy amen our next hymn is god of the bible Reading from the Gospel of Luke, chapter thirteen, verses ten to seventeen. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for eighteen years. She was bent over, and was quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said. Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, immediately she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leaders of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, There are six days on which to work, and work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath entirely as ox or his donkey from the manger, and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, who was a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for eighteen long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame and the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. Do you remember when New Zealand was closed on Sundays? And it wasn't just us. The Dylan Thomas play Under Meltwood, is set in the fictional Welsh town of Laragub. Not the easiest name, perhaps, for people who speak only English to pronounce, and maybe those of us, myself included, of Welsh lineage. We enjoy the struggles of the neighbours to get their tongue around, come right. A few Welsh towns compete for the honour of being the model for Hlaregub, but it's a dubious honour. The word is simply the very Anglo-Saxon, "butter" all, written backwards. This was, after all, what there was to do there, especially on the Sabbath. A day of oppressive silence, other than hymn singing, I guess. A day he described as Bible black. Remember when all Bibles were bound in black leather? Sunday was like that in many a small New Zealand town, perhaps especially down here in Otago and Southland. Jesus did not break the Sabbath, he set it in context. As for our contemporary disregard of it, is a society in which workers are effectively compelled to work on Sundays in non-essential roles any more enlightened than one in which virtually everything was closed? and though the Sabbath as observed once upon a time in Wales or in the remoter parts of Scotland, might seem dour. There is a certain logic in a society where most people were involved in heavy manual labour, and I'd include keeping house then as heavy manual labour. Even if all you did with that time was enjoy sleeping in, it was your time. The Jewish Sabbath is rigorous. But in Israel, where much is closed, the national airline doesn't fly on the Sabbath. The hospitals remain open. The emergency services are fully staffed. Life and human well-being matter more than keeping a set of rules. Our Gospel shows us that Jesus believed that too. In today's gospel, Jesus is teaching in a synagogue on the Sabbath. When he notices a woman who is so crippled, she is completely bent over. She has been suffering this way for 18 years. If you could do something there and then to help her, wouldn't you do it? Wouldn't that be the ethical thing to do? What Jesus does for her is set her free from the torture and imprisonment of her own body. Jesus gives her a new life, free from pain, free from shame, free from isolation. Jesus restores to the woman her dignity and her sense of self-worth, her place in the community and her very identity. She is, as Jesus calls her, a proud daughter of Abraham, Heir of God's promise and participant in God's covenant. Jesus reaches out to this outcast, this woman whose everyday life is worse than death. He touches her, grants to her wholeness and health and peace, the things that God always intended people to have. And she didn't have to do anything. What What he does for her is gift, It is pure grace. Not everyone, however, feels the same way. The ruler of the synagogue does not. You can only see that Jesus worked on the Sabbath. And rather than confront Jesus directly, he does a passive-aggressive kind of thing and criticizes the waiting crowd and tells them to go away. There are six days on which work ought to be done, he says. Come on those days to be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. His response is misinformed. Judaism acknowledges that what must be done will be done on the Sabbath. There is no example, no greater good, no higher mitzvot or commandment than saving a life. Jesus Observed the Sabbath. He kept its rituals. He was faithful to its practices. He would have welcomed it every Friday evening with joy. Yet he, in his own words, recognized the Sabbath was made for humanity, not humanity for the Sabbath. If it or any religious principle though, can become oppressive, monstrous even, if we forget this. If getting it right becomes more important than doing the right thing. But let us welcome the week-by-week invitation to rest, to stillness and reflection, to prayer. And, if we can and circumstances present it, let us celebrate it by doing good. Amen. Let's pray. We pray thankful for the wisdom of the Jewish people who kept and keep Sabbath We pray thankfully that this is part of our inheritance too. That week by week we gather to pray and praise. That week by week we are told to pause and stop. To remember the creation. To remember the creator. Help us to find refreshment in our pausing, to be renewed by our keeping of this day. We pray for each other, though we are not known to each other. We're particularly mindful of people in hospital who are listening to this service as an option because presently there are no hospital chapel services. We pray for those regions in the Northern Hemisphere, particularly mindful of people in France where there have been uncontrollable fires. We are mindful of climate change. Sometimes things like this seem overwhelming. We doubt we can do anything, but we can. Help us to be informed and hopeful. May the best voices of our tradition and of the other faiths give help and direction to humanity as it faces necessary change. We remember that it is six months since Russia invaded the Ukraine. We lament the ongoing violence, the death, the cost of war, pray for peace with justice. Let us remember those we share our lives with. And if where you are there's someone you'd just like to to name, speak that name out now. We make these and all our prayers in the name of Jesus, Son of God brother to you, and to me, and to everyone. Amen. Our final hymn today is, Guide me, O thou great Jehovah. the first verse was quite appropriately in Welsh. These are some blessing words to end our time together today. Very old words by Gregory of Antioch. May he who is saviour of the world and the author of peace grant to us tranquillity. May he watch over and protect us and gather humanity into his fold. To him be glory forever, Amen. And perhaps you'd like to say the grace with me. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us all, evermore. Amen. Thank you. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.